What's this you say, Chris? AOC deleted a tweet? What's what's going on? What's the story? You haven't seen about you seen this? No, what does she do now? I love what I love it anytime AOC does something. I mean, it's always interesting. What's she up to today? Yeah, she tweeted a, a picture of a of a Democrat Democratic like, congressman with a cardboard cutout of herself. And she said that the Republicans can't like they're so obsessed with her, they can't stop talking about her. She had no clue that the man with the cardboard cutout of her was actually in the Democratic Party. And so she has since deleted the tweet, uh, an embarrassment, but uh, naturally uh, the news picked it up and bashed. Wait a minute, wait a minute. So you're telling me that AOC doesn't even know the members of her own party? Uh, that's what it was, yes, essentially. That is ridiculous, though I have to say unsurprising. Based surprising. on the other things, she seems simply not to know, like basic economics, despite her bachelor's <laughs> degree in economics. but. Be that as it may. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a special short episode of What's the Res, an ongoing conversation about the current resolutions in the world of high school debate. My name is Josh Herring. I'm a humanities instructor and debate coach at Thales Academy in Rollsville, North Carolina. And today I'm actually joined on the show by my brother, Chris Herring. Chris, thanks for being here with us on What's the Res. Now, tell us a little bit about what you're currently doing and how our listeners can follow you or keep in touch with you as you continue to uh, experience the world and all its many wonders and varieties. Sure. So since I've stepped away from software, I've started my own business as at Herring Adventures and I continue to do a lot of photography all over the world. Um, and so you can follow me on Instagram at Herring Adventures uh, or at my website at herringadventures.com. And you can see a lot of the places around the world that I've been and, and what I do in regards to the companies I work with and um, just being able to write about those experiences. That's where you can follow me. Uh, Chris is going to be helping us with getting ready for the current Coolidge Qualifier Resolution, which is looking at the question of whether or not college is worth it. Our resolution reads, Resolved, the benefits of a four-year bachelor's degree outweigh the costs to students and their families. Uh, I'm, I'm actually home visiting my family this weekend, and uh, uh, Chris certainly has an interesting story. It's a little bit different from uh, the typical college story, so I thought he could lend us his story, and that may help folks who are preparing for this case uh, have some other perspective as they're writing this case. Chris, welcome to What's the Res? Thanks for having me. So glad you could join us today. Well, uh, as fascinating as AOC is, she's not <clears throat> really who I want to talk about today. Um, now. I want to start with a myth that I find most of my students believe. They, they believe that if they get a degree, a job will magically unveil itself before them on the other side of college graduation. Now, would you say that's a, is that a true story? Is that a true myth? I would disagree with that myth. Why? Um, I do believe that your degree does have an effect on the kinds of jobs that you get, and just because you have an agree, a degree does not make you a viable option for the workforce or in comparison to someone else. So just having that degree is not enough. Then. I agree. Yeah. Well, could, well, before we get too much into the details of why you think that, let's back up just a little bit. Tell our listeners some of your story. When did you, where and when did you go to college? When did you graduate? Help, sure. help our listeners know a bit more about you. Okay. So I went to James Madison University and studied history and political science and then formally majored in history. And then after graduating in 2016, I quickly moved out to Seattle, Washington to start working in software. And so started in my career in sales, and then from sales, I moved into data analytics. From data analytics, moved into data engineering and management. And so over the last three years, that's been my career. Um, but moving from 
being a history major in college into the world of software and engineering are very different places. And so um, it is a very unique story, but uh, that's, that's where I've been the last three years. Well, it certainly sounds like you found that uh, you, you did find employment and certainly good employment at one of the most exciting cities in the country. I did. Most exciting city with an incredibly fast-paced um, software company, one of the fastest growing companies in the country. And so despite studying history, I think that, that while having that degree prepared me for a lot of different places in the workforce, uh, I, I do think that it is just a unique journey because many people to do what I'm doing, studied business, studied software, studied computer science. So to be a history major doing what I do, I think I have a very different approach to the way I think, the way that I critically analyze, the way that I um, evaluate problems and, and look at problem solving from a different element from studying history that I value outside of what I could have been done or could have done what I could have done had I studied Tell, tell me a bit more about that. What do you mean by a uh, kind of a different way of thinking? And how, does, how, does, how did studying history prepare you to think about things differently from someone, say, who majored in computer science or perhaps even majored in data analytics? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think studying history forces you to think and forces you to think independently because you, you have to have an opinion on something. Um, and you have to then back it up in data rather than any other field that's not to discredit those who study computer science or business or anything like that, because um, I know what they study is, is just very, very different. But in the field of history, you have to be able to make your point, make your argument, and and then criticize what's been done, but then also know where you're going next. And so in the same way, when you look at what I've been doing the last three years from engineering, like it's all, it's all problem solving. And so you need to be able to paint your picture before you even go into where you're headed and so you, like before you actually practice solution itself um i think studying what i did helped me create that mentally create that roadmap as i am writing those papers as i'm in debate or um whatever those like classroom activities may be i think history was a, a great avenue to be able to learn that process of, of critically analyzing specific parts and points in history and, and people places and events um, that create a greater story and a broader story than just one specific problem itself. Now, take us back to when you were a, say, a junior or senior student in history. Were you studying history for the specific purpose of becoming a data analyst at a major software company? No, I was not. I was studying history to um, to actually go to law school. Oh. So, yes, uh, that was my track, and I was excited for what that looks like, and um, was accepted to a couple of the schools that I wanted to be accepted to, but wasn't so sure that was where I wanted to be, and so I took a year to defer that enrollment. Um, to take some advice that other attorneys had encouraged me to do and to get some work in the workforce and under my belt, some experience to see if this is really the direction that I want to go, and then have that experience to apply directly into the field of law um, if that would be where I chose to do. So, And of course, that's, that's not where you're currently in. You're not currently working in law school. I'm not. No, I'm not a student in law school. Ever, yeah. but, yeah. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, if uh, if memory serves correctly, that does not stop you from wearing a University of Chicago sweatshirt when uh, when the mood see- when the mood strikes you. That's right. I, I'm a proud acceptantee, <laughs> acceptee, whatever of uh, of the University of Chicago law for sure. Of course, of course. Well, uh, now I know you've recently made a a bit of a career change where you're you, you've had a. You've had lots of uh, international travels. I, I've I've seen your uh, Facebook page that looks like the beginnings of a, uh, of a of a bit of an excursion adventure type business. And uh, now, of course, you're also doing work with uh, ministry and and the church world. 
But you, you've done a lot more uh, job hunting than I have over the past few years. I've been in one career field for the past six years, but you've made several different moves. So could you help our listeners think through what exactly are employers looking for? When, when a recruiter gets that resume, what, 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 would you, what do you think goes through his mind? What's impressive? What's unimpressive? What, what are they looking for to help someone land the job? I think they're looking for creativity. I think far too often the workforce is very homogenous in regards to the kind of degrees that they see. And while those can be incredibly impressive, I think it, they are wanting something new, something exciting, something that, that they can see someone um, to be able to contribute from the start. Um, and if everyone's coming in with the very same degree, applying for the very same job, there's nothing new to that. There's nothing uh, that really jumps out at them as, that helps them see some, the creativity that you have to offer. And so depending on what you're studying or what that may be, I think something that that recruiters are looking for and, and other managers are looking for is those individuals who are willing to take whatever degree that they studied for and be able to look for ways that that can directly apply into the field that they're applying for and then be able to make the case for it in the interview process. Because if you're a psychology major interviewing for, for a software job or for an education job or for a, I mean, really, it doesn't matter what kind of job. They're going to know, why do you study this? And why are you applying here? And how does that relate? And so you need to be able to, to have, a, have a backstory. You need to have a, a case for yourself of why you are prepared and why you're the right person for the job, despite not having the marketing like major that you could be filling in a role for um, as a market, as a content marketer, or whatever it could be. Um, and so when you can do that, I mean, they see that you can think critically. They see that you're creative. They see that you can, you can add to the team that you're going to have a different perspective than just what everyone else has to offer already. So it really has a lot to do with showing that you can bring value to the company and being able to advocate for yourself in, in that interview process. Exactly. So the degree does seem to matter a little bit. I mean, it, it does matter. It is the case that companies are looking for degreed people for certain fields, but not having a certain kind of degree, that doesn't really lock you out of a, out of a career path necessarily. Employees are being more open than ever when it comes to accepting people into the, the workforce with various degrees. And so that's a, that's a catch-22 for me, because I know that for a fact some degrees really do set you up for, for success in a specific industry. Um, but there are other degrees as well that if you can sell yourself and are willing to learn, and that's the other thing that people are looking for, is like how well can you learn, how well can you mm. listen, how well can you be led? Um, and if you're willing to do those things, then people are willing to train. And the workforce understands that because the university itself, as of today, should hopefully prepare you just to be a good learner, a good and an advocate of learning, um, and a good lifelong student. But but for the the majors itself, yes, I would say while your your major does matter, it doesn't lock you in into one specific career of another. I remember a a few months ago we had a long car ride together, and you were telling me all about. A, uh, you, uh, your current programming job, and you were programming an, an AI bot to uh, respond on a website. Yeah. And I distinctly remember you describing the fact that you did not really study coding in college, but part of your time in Seattle involved teaching yourself coding. And so would it be fair to say that really part of your story involves the fact demonstrating this ability to learn new skills is really attractive to to future employers. Oh, absolutely. I think that that's what part of what I meant by being a lifelong learner is that you're going to have to to learn new things outside of just the university or mm-hmm. outside of high school. It's like if you lock yourself into thinking that your four year degree sets you up for success and that's the only thing you have to do from there, 
um, good luck. Because um, I quickly learned that while I studied history and I studied government and what that, and that was great and I really enjoyed that, but there were other technical skills that I had to learn if I wanted to continue to, to be able to add value to the teams that I was working with. And so um, that was the journey for me that I ended up teaching myself a lot of different programming languages that um, allowed, allowed me to, to get to where I am today. Mm. Well, and that, that, that seems, uh, seems like a great uh, place to transition to our last question. Uh, most of our audience is high, are high school students, and they are listening with an eye particularly towards thinking through whether college is worth it or not. And for many, I suspect, hopefully this is a, it's a real question. They're actually thinking about whether the cost of college is actually worth the benefit that they get. What advice would you offer these hypothetical high school students who are facing this choice for real for themselves in a couple months, a couple years, and uh, definitely with this debate tournament in a couple of weeks? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's crucial that each individual evaluates them for themselves because I would say that college isn't for everybody. Um, but I think there's great value in the university itself and, and the type of education that you receive because as someone who loves to learn, and like, while I'm very self-taught at the same time, there's a profound number of professors who are so gifted and so informed in their field that if you have the opportunity to learn under, it's a great blessing. And so with the cost in mind and, and what that looks like, you have to evaluate it. But for, in my experience, I wouldn't trade it for anything. I think some mm. of the professors that I have, I still keep in touch with today, um, who have really transformed the way that I think, who have encouraged me as a, as a lifelong learner, who continue to push me to be a better person in the field that I'm working in. And that wouldn't have happened had I not gone to the university. So um, while, while high schoolers, while you evaluate um, what that looks like for yourself, uh, I would encourage that the university is an incredible place to learn, to continue your education, and um, to set you up for, not for success per se, because uh, that's going to be look different for every, every individual, but it will set you up for a, a number of, of relationships that you wouldn't get anywhere else in the world. Mm. So, Chris, thank you so much for joining us today on this special episode of What's the Res? Uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to give us any feedback or ask us any questions, you can email us at whatstherez at gmail.com. You can also follow us at whatstherez underscore on Instagram or Twitter. My name is Josh Herrick. I'm a debate coach and humanities instructor at Thales Academy, Rollsville. And until next time, work hard, speak well, and seek truth.